0: either you're
1: either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard this is episode 18 of Ride the Bus the official Iowa Wild podcast presented by Explorer Minnesota Ben Gisleson, Joey Goldstein and it is the off season. We have officially arrived the 10th anniversary season for the Iowa Wild has come to a close. It actually feels like quite a long time ago now after the season ends we all have our dismounts we all get done with really encapsulating the season from a business standpoint from a hockey standpoint I make sure that the players that I need to help get home get home mm-hmm. and so now we wanted to take some time to really talk about the year here we are uh, Joey but first and foremost um, the off season for you have you taken some time have you had a reprieve at all to get away from hockey for a little bit because as much as we all love this sport once you get over the fact that the year is over, because none of us wanted it to end the way that it did, it is important that we all take some time away and, and and collect our thoughts after that year, because we all put so much into it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost been almost two months to the day since we last did an episode. So this yeah. is exciting. Yeah, We're correct. going we get back into a rhythm here, I think the plan is two a month. Yeah. But we, we know we try not to make too many promises, because we know how that has gone in the past. Roughly two a month. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> the hope. That's the goal. That's the plan. Uh, But, yeah, once the season ended, obviously, like you said, it it ended quicker than we had hoped than we had wanted to. But, yeah, I got some time. I think everybody had some time as as an office. We shut down for a couple days just to really relax and decompress. We went up to Minnesota to see a playoff game, which is a lot of fun. Um, I wouldn't say I've I've shut down from hockey altogether because I've just been watching playoff hockey, although I will say this second round I have not watched a ton of. Right there with you. I know we've talked Mm -hmm. about that, too, Mm -hmm. like offline where it's – that first round is just great. It's so exciting. So there's so much happening and then it's very easy to just turn it off in round two, but then you pick back up in round three and you watch all the way through. So that's kind of where, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but it's a different kind of busy now. Like it's not prepping for upcoming games and home stands and whatnot. Now it's, we're in full preparation for the 23, 24 season and what that's going to look like from top to bottom. I mean, we go through the whole budget process, which every organization in the country has to do, and uh, building out promotions and theme nights, and eventually we'll get the schedule. So coming up with things around that, and the state fairs coming up. We've got—today we, we're out volunteering uh, at an elementary schools. So we've got volunteer events throughout the summer, so there's, there's no shortage of things happening. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of busy.
1: For starters— Our podcast is presented by Explore Minnesota. One of my favorite parts of every podcast that we record is Joey Goldstein delivering our read for our friends at Explore Minnesota. And before we really launch into, I guess, period one of this podcast will be let's take not too much time because we do have a great segment coming our fans' way with the Captain Dakota Mermis and and a, a neat segment. We've had Dakota on before But if fans remember, he was one of our first guests we had on. He was in St. Louis at the time. Uh, We have since taken him out on the golf course. We got him nice and relaxed. We got him playing some golf. Uh, If you want to jump onto the YouTube side of this, you'll get to see Joey and I's terrible golf swings and Dakota's better golf swings. I
2: think it's my terrible golf swings. Ben and Dakota's pretty good golf swings, but
1: you can be the judge. Sure, yeah. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you
2: think. Tell me what (laughs) I need to do to fix my
1: game. Boy, I clammed up in front of the camera golfing. But anyway, um, before we get into all of this, we we did want to recap a little bit of the season. Talk about, I think as I tweeted when the season ended, it was a hard, hard ending to an otherwise fabulous year, and the further you get from that ending, the loss in overtime, two overtime losses in a best-of-three series.
2: Go figure, right? The whole season with Rockford was like that.
1: But when you get away from that now, you start to see the forest through the trees, and you see how much great there was, And but it's so hard when you're right in the moment, you just go, wow, that was a sour ending. But in any event, let's kick it off properly. We've already gone way off the rails with our intro that we both said. Let's keep this short and sweet, and who knows how long into this we are now, but presented by explore Minnesota Joey Goldstein make me smile yeah Ben
2: <laughs> Ben you, you summer activity you're I do you like to fish right I love to fish. you like to fish yes you know what oftentimes the size of the fish grows each time you tell the story and the roller coaster gets a little taller The starry night sky gets even starrier, and that's because the magic of Minnesota vacation moments is really hard to put into words, which you can attest to. Yes. The memories that become part fact, part feeling, but 100% real. Plan your dream vacation at exploreminnesota.com. Where is, as I'm, we're going to, before we preface all the good that happened from this season, where's your favorite spot to vacation when you go up in Minnesota? Because obviously that's a home state for you, and I'm sure you've got some some places you like to be but if you had to pick one place to spend some time over the summer in minnesota where's that to stick
1: with the theme of the read, fishing um i am a huge fan of leech lake and the walker area uh, i have usually i i i'm unfortunately uh uh, unable to make it. It's actually this weekend, as we're recording this podcast. Is the Minnesota fishing opener. I, I cannot go, unfortunately. But I have spent many, many fishing openers for the walleye opener in Minnesota on Leech Lake, which is for anybody familiar with Minnesota, they'll know it. It's a it's a walleye factory. It's an incredible fishery. Um, so yeah, I, I would say Leech Lake is is a great spot to go. Um, my dad and I are actually planning a trip this summer up to uh, Lake of the Woods as well, which I've never fished on. Which even more so is a world-renowned uh, walleye fishery, so those are two great spots uh, that will surprise no fishermen and women who are listening to this podcast because those are they're not sneaky spots; they're well known, uh, but they're well deserved the aplomb that I gave them because they're great spots
2: to go catch a walleye. Good. A lot of walleye, I should say. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. Right? Yes. Let's, let's talk about it. And I don't. And and maybe you think differently. I don't. I don't think we need to go through like rehash games and moments. Obviously, no. the series. Against Rockford, it was great to make the playoffs. So that the the atmosphere here was electric. It's it's unfortunate we couldn't, you know, have that run a little bit further. But only one team can win every year. That is what it is. But there was a lot of good from this season, both on the hockey side and on the business side. When we've got all kinds of stats and stuff to yes. back that up.
1: Let's pause on the playoff games though, which were uh, two terrific hockey. I mean, just terrific hockey. Games. Playoff
2: hockey at its finest. I mean,
1: if if you didn't have a horse in that race and you were like, for example, when I was watching uh, the Carolina, New Jersey game the other night that ended up being the final game of the series, it was an incredible hockey game. Mm-hmm. Watching that, you don't even care who wins. You're just watching it saying, I just hope something dramatic happens again or another scoring chance happens. If you were watching the Rockford, Iowa series, you would have thought the same thing because they were Fantastic games, tremendous games, drama-dripping games. Mm-hmm. They were a blast to call. They go the wrong way for Iowa in overtime both nights. But I wanted to pause on that because the, the home game, the Friday night home game, a playoff game in the first round, as you can attest to more than most, is terrifically difficult to market for. Mm-hmm. And this building was sensational. It was loud. It was engaged, the fans were into it, uh, the The pregame show, the buildup to it, it was a remarkable night, and, and as, as much as we wanted to see another game to see what Sunday would have looked like, talk about how this organization was just thrilled by how Friday night went off of the ice, and on the ice to some extent, until that yeah. final puck went in. It was a, it was a wonderful night, and it was so much fun to be a part of. And our fans showed up in waves and in loud waves. At that, mm-hmm. I I just can't say enough about the job that your team and the rest of the team upstairs did to make that night a
2: night that I will never forget. Yeah, I I mean it's it like you said it's those first round games are tough, and we were fortunate that we there's ended no up, time. There's no time. We were no fortunate time. that we ended up in that fourth position because if not, we were going to be playing on a Wednesday, and it would have been even quicker of yeah. a turnaround. But it's you know, you're, you're you're turning every stone. How can we get advertisements out there? How can we work with our media partners? And how can we sell tickets and make it fun and exciting and make it something that people have to be here? One of the big things we leaned on was this was only the second time we've made it in our team's history. But not only that, this Des Moines area as a whole is not – I mean – I'm, I don't want to throw shade or anything like that, but it's not an area where the teams have had a ton of playoff success. So, like, no, when recently, you, especially recently, yeah. No. So recently when you no. when you get in, it's a huge, huge deal. We wanted everybody to know, and I think we got it to a point where it was very hard to miss that there was playoff hockey happening here in Des Moines. So, just yeah, getting everybody here was great. And, and Dylan Thomas, our game ops manager, did a phenomenal job at like piecing together that pregame show. And we wanted it to be a different feel from the regular season and give people chills when they were watching it and I just remember, I remember watching the pregame videos as we were testing them out before the game with Marquise, and I know you had sent some notes too, and it was really cool. But seeing it in the building, everybody had their phones lit up, and people were screaming, people were yelling. there was one moment, it was a surreal, like outer body experience, where I turned around and Crash was out on the ice, and he's waving the flag with a spotlight on him at center ice, and I had, I'm, I'm in the home tunnel, I'm holding the team just an extra couple seconds. As it's building, getting excited, and it was almost like, um, you know, like the college football games when the guys are just like eager to get out of the tunnel. That's what it was like. I'm staring Joe Hicketts in the face, and he's <laughs> waiting for me to just yeah. move my hand so they can go. And it was just shot out of a cannon. The energy was great all night long, and it, it didn't stop till the last goal went yeah. in. And you know, it was great. And it's just it's stuff you hope that you can build on in the future. You know,
1: individually, let, let's shift to on the ice b- because. This was a team, and, and it's funny, it almost dawned on me like, I don't know, a few days ago where I was like, man, this team didn't have Mitchell Chafee all year either, like especially a team that struggled so much at the end of the season to score goals. They're one of the best defensive teams. they were a top 10 defensive team, goals mm-hmm. against, shots against. They were in the top 10 in both of those spots. But they they were also in the bottom five in scoring at the end of the year. Even with some some incredible scoring seasons, Sammy Walker, a rookie single season scoring record, uh, he shattered the number Justin or Justin Clues had previously. You had Nick Patan have his best year in the history of his American League career. So you had you had a lot of scoring, but. I just I really wonder what Mitchell Chafee would have done for this team, a guy who I easily thought could have scored thirty, maybe even forty goals. Should mm-hmm. he have played a full American league season, which he might not have. He might have yeah. played some NHL games, but um and then you, you had Jesper Volstead, who boy was it it was what a what a unique experience to get to watch him it was like a flower budding throughout the True season. development. I it mean was. when he started yes. it
2: was it was it was rough, it was an adjustment yeah. period but and then he hit his – like, it just clicked. And we talked about it with him on the podcast. And it's kind of once he got comfortable here. But it clicked, and he was phenomenal. And he ended up starting both playoff games for us. And playing excellently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially that that second game um it was great in Rockford too but that second game there were some long stretches I give Rockford credit they played a great hockey game Mm -hmm. and they had an answer for every push Iowa gave including a two-goal swing at the early going of the third period where it looked like Iowa was about ready to put an exclamation point on this one and get ready for Sunday but earlier before that third period Rockford had a had a deluge of chances to put the game put the series away. Yep. They, they could have gone up by three, four goals at times mm-hmm. and he came up with some just incredible stops a few in rapid succession too to keep that game alive but you know, he, he rattles off eight wins in a row at one point, that's a record 18 wins, that's a rookie record unseating Kapo Kakinen, who had such a great following, was such a beloved goaltender for the Iowa Wild and deservedly so and, and so he he is someone, uh, him Sammy Walker, Damon Hunt, uh, another guy who, whose growth over the year, and he missed a month due to mono. I would have shuddered to think about what we might have seen from him at the end of the season, and he was still very good at the end of the mm-hmm. year had he not missed a month uh, due to mono. But um, And I'm missing players, too. I mean, this this was a team that had immense development and had immense potential, um, dealt with some, some tough injuries. Adam Beckman scores 24 goals this year, and it was so interesting because Beckman, who is such a shooter, right, and he still was, I think he was still in the top 10 in the league in shooting despite missing a good, almost a month towards the end of the year with an upper body injury that he uh, accrued out in, in Palm Springs against Coachella Valley, but he sh- He shot less this year and scored more. So th- mm-hmm. I mean that is that's a really interesting caveat. It's a big
2: development piece to scoring, right? Because yeah. I mean
1: last year, he, uh, I loved the line. I think Kevin Fallness, uh, the 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 radio host on on KFan, since day one up in Minnesota, when we saw him at the prospect, he and I were doing the live stream together. He said, he, I always like to give credit to him for this because he said Adam Beckman's never seen a shot he he doesn't like, and mm-hmm. that's so true. But this year. He started to do that more. He would look off shots and make a pass, or he would just look off shots and keep the puck. Mm -hmm. And then his numbers just skyrocket. I think it was 11 he had his first full season, 24 this year. So, I mean, the proof's in the pudding right there with what a season he had. So, there were so many great individual performances. Um, I'm really excited about Iowa's back end. Uh, I think the growth of Simon Johansson was remarkable. Uh, You know, early in the season, he looked a little lost at times, understandably so. Same year. thing with the Esperers. Yes. You're getting yep, used
2: to yep, it. Yep. It's different. Smaller ice sheet. It's different angles, especially as a defenseman. And I think one thing with defensemen, too, is they always take a little bit, like, obviously forwards are the quickest ones to progress. Defensemen and goalies take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and especially when you're coming and playing in North America for the first well, time. And the
1: spotlight's bigger on you there. When mm-hmm. you make a mistake, when a forward makes a mistake, I mean, the exception of some D-zone stuff, when a forward makes a mistake, it usually just means you don't score. Mm-hmm. Or you turn the puck over. When a defenseman or a goalie makes a mistake, it's often in the back of your neck. Right. So that's a much glaring, more glaring spotlight. But um, Joe Hanson, for, I thought he was one of Iowa's top three, top four defensemen by the end of the year. And the coaches were playing him too. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I was I was just him Ryan O'Rourke had a great development year um, and we're going to see some more defensemen next year coming in. Um, I, I believe I don't don't quote me on this, but I believe we could be seeing um, we could be seeing David Spachek coming in next season. We could be seeing a first round pick in Carson Lambo's coming in next season. So it could be a very young decor, yeah, But um, some high end talent, but oh, tr- yeah, incredible talent. So uh, it, it, it's it's there's a lot to be excited about. But this season was such a season of success individually and as a team. It's a playoff year. They would have made playoffs even if this was five, six seasons ago and that you didn't have the playing around. And in fact, it might have actually boded well for them because they would have had a longer series to start with. Mm -hmm. Granted, it would have been against Texas. But um, the further I get from it, like I said, and like I said, the night it ended, the further you get from it, the more you start to see the little nuances of how great the year was. And also – how exciting the future is. It's 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 a little bit of an unknown future now, um, as fans well know. Uh, Tim Army, five seasons with us, no longer with us. Um, he he has not been renewed for his contract, so that will mean a different regime, a different look, um, and it'll be interesting to see what that means. Um, you know, for my money's worth, Tim always treated me extremely well, and, and I wish him and and Nolan Yochman uh, as well as Nate DeCasmiro, they were a great crew, and and but that's hockey. That, mm-hmm. That's how it works, and especially when you're not hired by a GM that takes over. That can happen at times. So um, Bill Guerin did not hire Tim Army. So maybe Bill wants his guy coming in. Again, I have absolutely zero idea (laughs) for the reasons why that they moved on, but um, that's how it goes. So it's hard to see change. I know Tim was very beloved here, but on the other side of that coin, it's exciting because what does the future mean? What does the future hold? And the one thing that I also think about this organization is they are so – and I've said it, the term I use, they defend culture fiercely. So whoever they bring in is going to be someone that holds that same candle to culture, and they want to make sure that it is really high. And the culture was already really good before this coaching change Mm -hmm. has happened, so they're only looking to make it better. So there's so much to look forward to for this franchise based off of what happened this season and then moving ahead um, with what is an unknown future – is just it? It's going to be really, really neat to see how this summer develops because normally you've got the coach and staff already in, in, in locked in, and you're waiting on free agency now. Who knows when we're going to find out who our next head coach is? But right. that's something we're all looking forward to now. That's going to be the first domino to fall, and then that leads right into free agency. Yeah,
2: and it's. I mean, it's not just the head coach; you're looking at assistant yes. coaches as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one thing on the business side we're looking forward to is, is and one thing that Tim was really good at was being a an advocate for being out in the community. Mm-hmm. Anything you need, we will help. Anything if you need my help, if you need help getting people to do things like he was there to help and he was always available if we yes. needed him for anything. So, I think that's also something that Bill and Mike are looking for is somebody who's going to have that same uh that that same drive to want to help and want to be a part and be in within the fabric of this community. But then I have seen you know the the conversations with Bill and you're looking for someone who's gonna really stick to the systems, and, and it's it's gonna be very similar to what you see in Minnesota. And it's and I would guarantee you, it's as they're going through their conversations. Like Dean is probably very involved in these conversations mm-hmm. too. So um, I'm excited to see who it is, and just once it's here, it, it, it's just one piece closer. Like all right, you know, hockey season's almost back. Like I, I not so I can't wait for that.
1: Before we stretch away from on ice, because off ice we, we have some. Uh, just again, the staff upstairs, banner year, mm-hmm. uh, literally in every office, yeah, mm-hmm. banner year. Did you have a a, a favorite moment, game, goal, play? Um, you know, what, what when when I say that, what comes to mind? And there were a lot of them. And and this team, they were the cardiac club at times. Uh, this team came out of the depths a lot especially that stretch run for me and that was almost a, a, a that's almost too big of a moment to really try to encapsulate but the run like that january run the, the january run was pretty special but for me the the run to playoffs was that was just cuz every game felt just like a playoff game so pretty much since march yeah. 1 it <laughs> yeah. really it was like yeah. your stomach was on a roller coaster ride that whole two-month stretch to end the season, Uh, the trip to Chicago where the Wild did not play well for almost the entirety of the game, and then somehow Nick Swainey finds one off of a skate, and all of a sudden there's life, and then Sammy Walker scores. And that game, Tim Army said it. He said, that was the game Mm -hmm. that got us in. Yes, they still had to go to Texas. They still had to take care of business there. They had to come home to play Milwaukee first. They didn't take care of business in that game. But that game in Chicago... And the team agreed. That felt like the game, as you look back on it, hindsight 2020, and say that felt like the game where they got in. That goal from Walker in overtime, they stole one that they shouldn't have won, but that's hockey. And, yeah. and it was that was that trip home, I remember just being like, if we would have lost that game, I don't know. that I don't know. That would have been such a deflating game to lose, and it ended up being such a a game where the the wind came into our sails, and all of a sudden we were soaring our way into in, into the playoffs. It was such a special night. That to me was the one that I think I'll remember most. Even though there were so many better games that the Wild played this season.
2: Yeah, I mean that that's definitely one that stands out to me. But and I don't know if it's maybe just because it's more recency bias over anything else. Uh, one that always stands out to me is one from the very beginning of the year when we were in Rockford, and we had that like the cardiac comeback game. The or like it was a big scrum in front of the net. I think uh, JP JP was involved scored twice in, in
1: the final like five minutes of the game, yeah. Like, yep. So, like, mm-hmm. that
2: one stood out to me because that's when I remember we had we were sitting here and we were talking about that series. And it was like there's there was something we could tell that just in that moment, there was something with this team, like, there was a one of those like intangible pieces. Like, it's not like a no quit thing, but like this team had a piece that you knew that they could do something mm-hmm. special. So that one stands out to me. Um, even earlier than that,
1: the, the opening Texas games where they came from behind and tied the game late yeah. on both occasions, they lost those games. But um, they had that all year. You're exactly yeah. right. That that will to win late, they were never out of a game. Mm-hmm. Nothing seemed insurmountable to them. And they put together some just breathtaking comebacks. to four, and, and they didn't finish even some of those comebacks, but they had a lot of points they earned along the way that – times in those games felt like they weren't going to happen.
2: I actually you know what now that I think about it, I mean I think about it, like, yeah, Spurs Goal was great. Yeah. If there yeah, were I wasn't if, even thinking about if, that, that was awesome, yeah, like, yes, that's, like, yes. that's one of my best moments. Yeah, but yeah. If 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 there's like the two games from the season that stand out to me, it's those two games we played here against Coachella. Oh, that those two games great call. those two games were were the best I saw Iowa play all year long bar none. They play like that throughout the season we are lifting a cup in June. There's no doubt in my mind, like
1: that. Well, look, I mean, as we record this today, Coachella Valley just went into Calgary, the best team in the American Hockey League, and won six three. I yeah. think they're playing again tonight before we recording this before yeah. they play, but they they got a legitimate shot. Yeah, and, and they're and, a
2: good team. They 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 just play a different that whole division. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that before. They play a different style, but Coachella, damn, has got them playing mm-hmm. a certain kind of way, and they've got great goaltending. They got high end scoring. Great blue they, they're, line. They're they're yeah, they're, legit. they're a good team, and that was a good measuring stick for us. Like we could play with anybody in this league, and, that and they played that. with them again out. in, in yeah. And oh, they, yeah.
1: They, they, they lost those games, but it, it, I remember talking to the coaching staff after that trip where they went into San Diego and won both games. But they liked how that Iowa played against Coachella Valley more mm-hmm. than they liked how they played against San Diego, and yep. they won both times. So they definitely could play with anybody, and and they proved that. A great call on Coachella yeah. Valley. I agree. Though that series was. Fantastic. And at the time, that was the passing of the torch. Uh, Coachella Valley came, and I think they had won 11 or 12, or, or they had points in 11 or 12 so in a row. their streak. Yep, and, and then we took it and did the same. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. That, well, was, that cool. was just a fun series. Yeah. It was like, it was physical. It was yeah. fast. It was exciting. Yeah. It was just everything about it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Off ice. We don't
1: even have enough time to go through all the uh, yeah. notes uh, we'll, I'm we'll looking at. We'll go through them. We'll get through, through the quick. Get to the highlights.
2: Yeah, we had a really good year off the ice on on you know, the business side of things. Um, we, we did just so, so well on the revenue side. Um, we had our fourth highest, you know, attendance number in league history, second highest individual ticket sold in team history outside of, you know, the inaugural season, which is there's always a lot of hype around the inaugural season. Yep. So that's a huge, huge number to have. Um, we have our, you know, our highest group revenue in team history we increased our sweet sales. Merchandise was up over 50%. I mean, Kelsey has done yeah. a phenomenal job with our merch. It's Stick so cool, tab for Kelsey. Jeez. We've seen she some awesome stuff it. come out. I mean, it's our stuff's all over town, and only it's as time goes on, cooler and cooler items are coming into the store. And I know she's already prepping for the upcoming season, so that stuff's going to be great. Um, a side note on the merch stuff too, we ended up shipping. Merch to, oh, yeah, that's yeah, so this is one of my favorite <laughs> stats, awesome. yeah. And it, what really kicked us off was that local artist design stuff because a lot of that stuff got shipped out. But we expanded the Iowa Wild brand, including Iowa, to 28 different states, Canada, and the United Kingdom. It's so like that's <laughs> awesome, yeah. that's so so yeah. so cool. Um, because not everybody can say in the American hockey that you're shipping to half the country and overseas, so that's pretty cool. Um you know, a lot of con- concessions were great. Sponsorship was great. Our media coverage was phenomenal. Yeah, Alex did a great Lester, job. Yep, I mean, we yep. Credit do crushed that number there. compared to last yep. year. Yep. Social media, Jess Dunham did a great job. Our engagement was way, way, way up over last season. Our our audience grew over last season. TikTok was something that blew up for us throughout the season. So, if you're not following us on TikTok, go do that. Um, Let's TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you're going to tweets from a what? rock. Um <laughs> yeah. and Flip then, phone. Yeah. There, phone. You know, our videos, I mean, Marquis's been putting out stellar videos. The, the amount of people watching our videos and just the quality of our videos, that's gone up. Our email contacts have gone up. We had the highest single game revenue game in organization history the night of the Russell Dickerson concerts. like there In some, a snowstorm, by the way. It, that, yeah, it, it could in have a been snowstorm. higher. It could have been higher. should have been higher. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, like, there were. I mean I'm, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that I might be missing, but those are some some pretty, pretty crazy I mean, the, the merchandise number was a single season revenue number for us. Um yeah, I mean we and we just we kinda just blew past um anything that we were hoping to do. We everybody exceeded expectations. So there's a lot to be proud of upstairs and I know I speak for everybody up there when despite it ending Earlier than we all wanted to, everybody's very very happy with how this season went yeah. from a business perspective because everybody did a phenomenal job, and it it makes all those long hours, those nights, those weekends, the holidays, puts it all into perspective, makes everything worth it.
1: A phenomenal way to encapsulate the first ten seasons uh, mm-hmm. of of the Iowa Wild here in Des Moines, and it just it, it what a launching pad into the next ten uh, year ten was uh, as we look ahead to year eleven now. Um, uh, before we get to Dakota. None of this, those numbers, um, none of the records on the ice is possible without the fan base. Mm-hmm. And just, I have to say thank you. Now, and we we have thanked fans in numerous different ways since the season has ended. But since since I know we obviously our fans listen to this podcast, um, I it just every season I've been here. This is my third, um, and one was weird shortened COVID year, but. Um, I just I'm continually blown away by the passion, by the engagement, by the hockey knowledge too, uh, of our fan base. Um, and the kindness too. That, that, it really is, it, it's such a Midwestern feel, uh, which is, is I, I love that about our fan base. They're so engaged, they're so knowledgeable, but they, they do they outpour love towards us, and, and I hope that we reciprocate that. In all of our different um, our different facets that we that we work in within this organization, it really was a year where I just walked away thinking, "What a phenomenal fan base
2: we have!" Yeah, they're great. And I, I love you know I know people have I, I've seen fans of the season. When when you and Ben talking about the, when are you guys gonna get back on get back on the bus start talking again? So Ben Brotherson, I know you're listening or watching. So here's your little shout out. But I love you know hearing just. Just the just, there's so much just excitement about the stuff that we do, and and even this podcast, like I you know Ben talks about it a lot, and or I, I've Susan Appler is someone who comes up and, and loves it. And, you know, aside from you know, my parents who obviously listen, but like uh, our fans like hearing this stuff, and it's it's reassuring for us as we're putting this on. But nice to not just be talking to yourself on. Yeah, your head, yeah. yeah, but no, it's <laughs> it's. I mean, we we did a lot of fun things this year. I think fans found it really exciting, and and I like hearing feedback from everybody. You know, I, I want to know what our fans like what they don't like so we can make things better or do different things so um but yeah the support's top notch whether we're winning you know four or, or points in 14 games or whether we're on a skid like we were at one point in March these people you know they never once wavered yeah and uh, the support's always there and it came out in full force for that Rockford game and, and hopefully they come out in full force in October when uh, we kick off the season whenever that is
1: Come out in full force with some events this summer, too. We'll get to that. Uh, per usual, two months of no podcasting. So Joey and I have gone extremely long yep. for our intro, but that our fans, I think, are used to that by this yeah, point. We always do. And they can always fast forward, just get past the two if they mm-hmm. want to. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, we should go to the links. Uh Dakota Mermis, the captain of the Iowa Wild. Uh, and he really dives deeper and gives us a lot more insight than you and or I can, can give about what it was like to be around this team this year. And um, what a great group of guys it was. So uh, without any further ado... Let's head out to Copper Creek Golf Course uh, with myself, Joey Goldstein, and the Iowa Wilds captain, Dakota Murmis. On to period two and onto the golf course we go. Uh, we have our first recurring guest now, uh, Joey Goldstein. Oh, yeah, we've <laughs> yeah, been waiting, we've been waiting to, to really usher in our first yeah. recurring guest, uh, Ben Gistlison, Joey Goldstein, and the Iowa Wilds captain from the previous season, uh, Dakota Murmis. And Dakota, we, we figured no better way to encapsulate the 10th anniversary season, then to sit down. Well, sit down on the golf cart, also play some golf (laughs) with the captain. This is really the official maybe off season endeavors of most hockey players. So uh, here we are at Copper Creek Golf Course, a proud partner of the Iowa Wild as well. And uh, thanks for coming out, Dakota. Although this is, of all the things we made you do this (laughs) season, this is probably one of the easiest. Yeah, this was the
0: easiest to convince (laughs) me. Yeah, absolutely. Get on the golf course, play some golf, talk about hockey, have some fun.
1: Well, uh, without any further ado, I think we're going to hit our opening balls here. Joey, uh, what are your expectations for today? I know Dakota's talked up a big game. He said he's been playing a lot since the season's been <laughs> done. You know, Two kids at home, he's got tons of time to yeah, go play golf. Yeah, yeah, golf. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my expectation, I was telling Alec before we got out here that I was just hoping not to lose many golf balls. So he's, we might have to put a counter to see how many I do lose. I didn't bring many with me, so if I have to go and stop and roll around to go to the clubhouse to get some more. I just
0: if that's the, the competition, then it. this will be a fun race. <laughs> yeah. How many yeah. balls uh, each of us will lose. Too? I would plan on it, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so we'll do a
1: ball
2: counter today. <laughs>
1: we might have to. Okay. Yeah. Who's got honors?
0: I
2: think Dakota has to have honors, right? I've never played here. I'm the guest. I've never played yeah. here either, but you're our guest. You've so.
1: never you've never played here? No. So, Ben. Yeah. Okay, I be guess soft. it's me then. Okay. He voiced well, the guy a while. The wild. guy, yeah, running late, so I haven't taken a single swing. I haven't stretched or anything. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's why he was late because he was at a different yeah, range. Yeah. <laughs> different he different range. he so long way to the hole yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done anything
2: yet. A long
1: way to the hole there. Oh, I think I pulled something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of room over there. Plenty of space. All right, good. Good cart
1: golf, too. Good.
2: God, I should have gone first. <laughs> I should have gone first. Just get it out of the way.
1: Well, will he go one swing, one lost ball? Let's see. There's lots of options around here. This is a tough starting one. You're putting- We're on 10. Yep. Second but hardest hole in the Technically, course. Technically this set is on the, one because uh, they on flipped the us here card. today.
2: Which you put me in charge of the score, which I don't love because math is not my thing.
1: <laughs> but well, we all know it's not mine.
0: Yep, that might be one for one. Yeah, you might beat me actually.
2: (laughs) I might get lucky, it might bounce out.
0: Surprisingly, I didn't even hear much going into the woods. Oh, I heard it, yeah, I hit a tree. Yeah, I think you actually might have hoped to hear some wood, if not, you're gonna be
1: in someone's yard back there. No, that was. Can we give him a breakfast bowl? Yeah, I think we got, yeah, yeah, Yeah. we gotta give him a
0: breakfast. All right. Yeah, you see how he lingered? Give him a chance to potentially lose a second ball on his second swing. (laughs) He was waiting for it. Kind of lingered there at the T box. Are they gonna give
2: it? Listen, I don't need breakfast. I don't need any <laughs> extra shots. We'll try it again. Just blame it
1: on the microphone pack on your back. It, it, your weight's off. That's true. Like your, it is, your, a, your weight displacement. There's a
2: wire coming right up under my arm, and it's.
1: Yeah, we do have wireless mics, so we did get lucky on That's this one. Nice we really gave you the uh, we gave you the, the worst of the microphones. Yeah, understandably yeah.
2: so. We're all right here.
1: Just shovel shovel crap at Joey.
2: You're not, as find good. That one. not as yeah. good
1: you'll find that one yeah, okay that's a, when you Let's okay go.
2: when you hit the ground <laughs> yeah, when you I'll swing you do. it doesn't help the bright lights are on i'm nervous <laughs> you swing really them. i heard
1: mitch baumas is pretty good too i uh, yeah i've heard, I heard he's I really not, good i've not seen it live
0: yeah. but yeah he may uh from what it sounds like be the best golfer on the team i think he's like a
1: two or three handicap
0: is what yeah, i heard which is that's pretty good can i blame it so, last time i checked bad. i would take that
1: You had a chance to really digest the year yet? I know life has been busy for you outside of
0: hockey. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, digest it in parts. You know, obviously, like you said, it's been pretty busy from the time our season ended. It was, you know, not four or five days later that we welcomed our daughter Tatum into the world. So the last two and a half weeks have been, um, you know, have been crazy, obviously, with a 16-month, 17-month-old. Uh, and a new baby and then obviously kind of planning uh, how to move our family back home to St. Louis. Yeah. It's been crazy, but yeah, I've certainly digested um, you know the good parts and, and the bad parts and everything in between a little bit, so it's been good.
1: Does it feel like more of a success the further you get from losing in the playoffs? Do you see the forest through the trees the deeper you get? I remember thinking when that night ended in overtime, both of those games were just tremendous hockey games. You end on the wrong side of it. Do you remember thinking like, man, like that sucked. But as you distance yourself, you look back and go, you know, it really was a good year,
0: a really good year. Yeah, it is. I mean, you got to definitely, you know, the end goal is always to win a championship at whatever level you're at. And, you know, you certainly feel a lot of disappointment when that doesn't happen, but, you know, then you think back, it's you and 31 other teams uh, that are feeling that way. There's only one team that's going to reach their goal at the end of the year. So, you know, you certainly pull a lot of good parts. you know, as you look back and things start to settle in a little bit more. But um, obviously you want to learn how to go a little bit further, because the further you go, it's just not only from a professional standpoint, but just from the amount of fun that you can have playing in playoffs. It's just uh, it's great. So you always try to figure out how to how to push that even further. Let's see a real show. Watch the watch the putts on that guy here. I'm gonna have to. Run. I think
1: Brooksy would have put it closer there, Merms. All right, green's a little soggy today. Did rain all morning.
0: They were pretty fast on the. Uh, did you find that over there?
1: Well, that yeah. Green also. It, it's the most slatted putting really green helped. of all time. Yeah. yeah. A lot of meat on the bone. I was gonna
0: say you might have been better off leaving it short, like I me. I know. All those talking about my putting. Oh. Look at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice easy swing. Plays the bend. Get out there. Hmm. Mm.
0: It's the trick, slow mm. the swing down. That's what we mm. are talking about. Slow the swing down. Wow.
2: Oh. That's all it's got water yeah, no, you all over it. No, you are gonna it. beat me. It's got water all over it. It's
1: two. Oh? It's
2: two. Maybe not. It's Maybe. two. Did it go in the water? Do we know for sure? It's two. It's two thus <laughs> far, shooter. <laughs>
1: If you could go back and relive one game again from this season, what game would it be? Exactly as it played out. Relive one game.
0: Yeah. Um, it's hard to remember them all, you know I mean they all have such unique points. I think just the important, you know, like the, just the level of importance that the game had in Chicago at the end of the year, the overtime winner, Sammy Walker scored, and just the way we tied it up late. And, you know, really it just felt like, uh, you know, that was a must win game at that time. And probably ended up being a must win game through the end. I think that one I would relive just because of that adrenaline rush when Swain scores that tying goal. And then Sammy Walker, just the relief of that, pulling that one out in Chicago. Like I said, that swing of emotion is um, something that. You love and hate all at the same time and when it goes in your favor and that adrenaline rush at the end i think i would i would do that one again
1: i know you guys had an incredible amount of belief in the locker room yeah but i remember during the broadcast in that game i don't know <laughs> if i had the belief going with about five minutes to go in that game isn't hockey funny how there's just nothing going it's nothing crazy. going and then all of a sudden biggest win of the year
0: that's what i mean and just like you know kind of the down that you're feeling through that and like we were having trouble getting going. It really didn't feel like we were, you know, close to scoring. Yeah. And we weren't a team that felt like we got bounces in the way we did. And so I finally feel like, okay, the hockey gods have been paying attention to the work <laughs> we've been doing. And just everything, the way we've been preparing that we got a bounce like that finally after how many it felt like goes against you throughout a season. Um, yeah, that was a huge relief. Uh, and then certainly, thank God we capitalized on that in overtime too to, to take advantage.
1: What do you think was the... The greatest anti-Iowa Wild hockey gods bounce. Like when I th- when you say like I can't believe this happened to us, what what comes to
0: mind? Automatically the uh, the overtime against Milwaukee shootout. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, when you look back at you know my first season in Iowa, we essentially missed playoffs by one point. And I remember thinking at that time how crucial like we deserved that point. We should have won that in the shootout. It was obviously a weird situation with how it was called. Um, and so I think when we lost that point with how, what a streak we are on, you know, through that.
1: That's right. Um, that was in the middle of the, yeah. of the, was it 14 games? 14 games. I yeah.
0: believe. Yeah. That was in the middle of that. You're right. Yeah. And so it just was so deflating in that moment of like, we deserve to keep this thing going with a two point win there. And, um, you know, obviously we take the one point, but how important those one points are, as we saw again, coming down the stretch, you know? Um, yeah, so that, that, one one, point,
1: that one point could have made the Texas series a little less stressful. Yes,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. So how important those end up being. Oh. So that one I would say, when I think back, immediately jumps out.
2: You obviously we did a lot this year community-wise. Yeah. What's the one initiative, or what's the one thing that we did that you would say you were the most proud of?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say, just because you're so proud of them all in different aspects. Um, you know, certainly when we get to host families at games, like that's just super rewarding to give kids and families an opportunity that they wouldn't have otherwise. And in a super all-inclusive type of thing that you obviously, you know, help out a lot with uh, during the game, where, you know, they just get to go and have a fun time and they get to be kids and, you know, have popcorn and soda and bang on the glass and like do whatever. So that's so rewarding. Uh, that we were able to build off of from last year, but um, you know that, the Purple Leash project was something that was really, really fun, uh, really, really rewarding. Because it really tied so many things in for us. Uh, obviously, being huge animal lovers, um, you know it helps out such a in such a way for the animals, but also has a human element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we kind of discovered that, and then you know obviously got to start working with Perina and Red Rover. Um, and you get to see like really kind of like the broad of like what an impact this makes for, in so many different areas for kids, for women, for men, for animals, that was one that was super, super rewarding. Um, and really just a lot of fun, you know, to work on, to get everything to come together. And, uh, you know, the ups and downs of like the sticks are here. They're not here. I was gonna they're, say, I'm going to have to, talk, to tell Indiana. that story because yeah,
1: yeah. We, we need to get that out there. Yeah. Cause that, I love those really niche, strange minor league hockey stories. Yeah. And that's one of them.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. For some reason this doesn't happen in the NHL. I don't know why. They ship the same, they're ordered the same. (laughs) Same company. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean like as- Different FedEx, right? Yeah. Right.
1: There's a special NHL FedEx.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, Warrior Hockey was awesome. They helped us, you know, kind of design this, uh, you know, custom Purple Leash Project stick that we'd have the Prina logo or the Red Rover, you know, the Purple Leash Project logo on that we could, you know, I could use during a game. Something that's really unique. Um, and then auction it off for you know to raise money uh, and raise awareness so we are all pumped up and we were like we're gonna be able to pr- you know get these produced pretty quickly and like they're gonna be here like are we gonna be able to pull it off and we're like okay yeah they're gonna be here they've shipped you know three weeks in advance like we're good to go you're laughing and uh yeah and they were overnight shipping and then the next thing you know it's two weeks it's like okay where are these sticks and ups is being kind of weird about it and then we launched an investigation we're gonna try to find them there's some bad weather they were in louisville and uh you know next thing you know they're like hey we can't you know we can't find these so we're like okay we gotta get these sticks reordered, and we'll have to use them at a later date um, they closed the investigation so we're not going to find these sticks and uh, next thing you know you know the weekend after that we or you know the following week after we played the had that game and had the event they found them in a warehouse in indiana and shipped them so indiana. it actually worked out we were still able to get them here and use them you know for the final home game of the regular season which was great and then get them to the person who you know, who bought the sticks. So it was, it was great. But yeah, the Purple Leash Project was super fun uh, for Sarah and I to, to work on.
2: That wasn't the only shipping issue that we had, right? We yeah. had-
0: As part of that?
2: Yeah, we had, I don't know, a thousand treats from Purina show up. Yeah, I think it was that, 600 bags. Yeah, they were supposed to show up and yeah. uh, they weren't there the day of the game. We scrambled, but then we ended up finding it and I can't, I can't like over exaggerate enough. It was just a massive pallet 600 bags of bacon bacon strips and you took probably half of that pallet home with you so i think you're like stocked up for the rest of the summer yeah at so least, right
0: i mean i looked at it you know and perina like i said being such great partners for us to to do this with i mean they were just so generous in what they had sent and like we're going to join us for the game and you know give out you know not only treats to the dogs but bags of treats to, to dogs and and, uh, and they humans so um, yes, yeah, so when we found them, this like well, how can we you know still put these to use and uh, you know, we volunteer at shelters and different stuff So I'm like well, we'll still make sure that these get used in the right way so obviously left some to to use for uh, promotional stuff with the wild and um, You know, we'll use some for different events that you know, we plan to keep doing in the future So yeah, we're taking care of it for a little while We were laughing as we were kind of moved them from the smaller boxes into bigger boxes and thought I'd be able to fit them all that we had in like this one tote that we had and Sarah was like I was like, no, we can fit them all, you know?
2: And now three of them, the totes it took. But, yeah. um, there were like 600 bags. I'd say Dakota's got 400 of them. <laughs> <laughs> the rest we got, come check us out over the summer at any community appearance we will have. Yeah, thank Parina.
0: Yeah, they uh, they took care of it well. and Like I said, just how generous they were in the partnership to, to raise awareness for the Purple Leash Project, too, that they are constantly working on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was too... Double down on the uh, the shipping with that.
1: Double down.
0: Yeah.
1: If you had to pick, if you had to give us, you think the best strengths of the team from this season, but also the weaknesses. What do you think those were?
0: I think the work ethic was always there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we worked as hard as as any team. I don't think there was ever a doubt in um, the effort being there. Um, you know, maybe some of the weakness was just a little bit of inexperience, you know, and there's no way to get experience without getting it. So, um, you know, at times, obviously, it felt like it was a struggle to score. Um, For whatever reason here or there, like it was just a grind to get goals. And that certainly makes it hard to play when you give one up and you know it's going to be an absolute grind to get one. And like I said, it stretches, you know, that stretch we had post-Christmas to All-Star break, that wasn't the case. You know, we yeah, we can at score goals. To up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got a little scoring from the defense, uh, with single digits, and um, yeah, no, I think nudge nudge. Yeah, career year. Yeah, we'll take it. It was after uh, Fred and Rose uh, wanted to donate money to the uh, food bank for every point. I heated up, which was nice because I could have gone skunked and. That's a. Yeah. Down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't want to do that.
1: Look at Goldstein stepping right into the box here. Yeah. He wants. Why?
0: Why he, wants he wants this. He wants. No, 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 the no. no.
1: Dial it in. Dial it in. Visualize the ball. Yeah. Look at this.
0: Hang on. Good hey. news, Joey. You're gonna find that one. Good news. <laughs> Is that the 1970 top flight? It's not. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> too bad.
2: I might, I might that ball. Yeah. All right. So, you guys have Brooks, but now you have a new addition to the family. Yeah. How How has that been over the last you know, couple weeks now?
0: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, we didn't know whether we were having a boy or a girl kind of going into it. Um, Sarah kind of had me convinced that Brooks, or that we were going to have another another boy just because her pregnancy was so similar. So uh, it was a, a cool surprise when uh, she came out and um, she's Tatum's added such a cool, just dynamic to our family now having a boy and a girl. And um, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy being a girl dad until she was born and how excited I'd be. Um, Cause you know, being a boy dad was all I had known at this point. So it's been awesome. It's been certainly uh, busy, but feels like we were much more prepared this time, having done it before sure. for a newborn and everything that brings with that. But Brooks has adjusted well, you know, awesome. We didn't know, obviously with him being so young, how curious he'd be or this or that, but he's really done well with her too, which has been fun.
2: And how have the dogs been <laughs> with the new addition? The dogs have been great. They're just status
0: quo. I mean, we've thrown so much at them in their uh, Kaiser six years we've had them and Charlie four with all the moving and everything. I mean, they're just used to about everything at this point. So. Yeah, they've digested well Kaiser and Brooks are still playing ball pretty much 20 hours a day and um, yeah and Tatum's hanging out and Charlie's loving hanging out with Tatum so it's a, it's a cool it's the whole uh, dynamic of our family now it's pretty it's pretty fun and pretty humbling I would say busy
2: craziness during the day when everybody's up yeah oh yeah
0: when everyone's up especially that morning shift until Brooks goes down for his nap um, it's <laughs> there's some chaos and there's toys everywhere and there's you know, and then you add into that that we're, you know, planning a move back home and starting to pack stuff and this and that. It it adds a, a crazy element to everything.
2: Have you had any of those, like, it's the middle of the night and you you got Tatum in your arms and you're walking, you're stepping on Charlie and Kaiser's toys, you're <laughs> stepping on Brooks's toys. Has that happened yet? No, not
0: yet. Luckily, like, at the end of every night once Brooks gets to bed, we've kind of get in the habit of, at, at our place here, I mean, our living room is a play area, so... Um, we get everything kind of put away and organized so that doesn't happen because certainly there's times where I'm carrying Brooks up to bed and mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't see the, the puzzle piece that's on the ground uh, that I step on it and immediately, you know, it just buckles your one leg.
2: It's not Legos so um, Legos hurt to step Yeah,
0: on. I mean, I'm sure the Legos will be here shortly. Um, he'll be into that before
2: long, but yeah, we, we haven't hit the Legos yet. <laughs> what, what does the summer look like for you now that, you know, the season's tied down? Both kids, family's in full swing. You guys are heading back soon. What do things look like for you during the off season?
0: Yeah, we'll head back to our. Uh, we had a house in St. Louis that we got after my fourth year pro to kind of have a home base. Um, so we'll head back there. It's where my family is. Where my wife's family is. Um, you know, all of our families there. So yeah, we'll head back there and um, welcome Tatum to that home. And I don't know. You know, it's just a lot of staying busy, obviously with them and getting my training in. Um, you know, around that. Uh, like it, even last summer with Brooks, like it, it just looks different. Like gone are the days where it's like, yeah, I could be at the gym for sure at nine o'clock. And um, so actually, I have a weight room at home, um, which makes it pretty flexible. Where I can, you know, kind of plan my day around the nap. So when he goes down for a nap, and when Tatum, uh, you know, has some free time, I can jump, you know, just go right downstairs to get my training in. So kind of busy that way.
2: And when you're doing like on ice training and things like that, who? Like, do you skate with other pro guys? Like, who are some of the guys you skate with?
0: Yeah, we have, like, a decent, you know, kind of guys are always in and out a little bit. um, But we have a decent uh, pro group. Um, Trent Frederick, who plays for Boston, is a regular. Ryan McInnes, uh, who now is over uh, playing in Germany. Um, And there's some other, a lot of college guys. um, The Kachuk brothers are in town here and there. Um, So, yeah, a pretty good group. St. Louis is kind of... Um, you know, certainly from the time I came into the league and from the time I was young has, you know, really grown hockey like Yeah, so there's a lot, of, there's a good group uh, that we can get together with and have good skates, which is, you know, makes it obviously easy for, for skating in the summer.
2: Um, as far as Des Moines goes, what are some of your, I don't know if we asked you this the first time around, I don't know if you remember, but like, what are, like, you and Sarah are looking for a night out, just two of you guys. Where are you guys heading out? What are some of your the go-to spots to grab a bite to eat, grab drinks, whatever it may be?
0: Yeah, certainly, it, um, you know, it looks different. There's not a lot of nights out for us these, right. uh, these so days. So when you get them, you got um, Yeah, advantage. we love, um, you know, we usually get a Fleming's gift card for Christmas uh, from her parents. So that's, you know, a staple out in West Des Moines. We usually are out in the West Des Moines area. Uh, Chafee and, and his girlfriend, Courtney, watched Brooks for us before Tatum was born. And we went to uh, Centro, had a night at Centro. Uh, which was really good. Uh, we really have tried to hit up a few, you know, different places when we go out. Um, you know, because we just love kind of catching the local. We've really just enjoyed learning about Des Moines. You know, restaurants, things to do, places to go. Uh, somewhere from an eating standpoint, we really try to go to different places. Um, you know, like I said, when we get the opportunity to do that, which isn't
2: often. Yeah. Do you have like a uh, like if so- someone's coming into town, so from out of town, whether it's family, friends, and you like you have to go to this place, where do you send them?
0: Um, we would go to uh, uh, the Iowa Tap Room. We'd go to the Iowa Tap Room quite a bit, um, especially like on a Sunday if we had like an afternoon game, because it was we could also bring the kids there. So yeah. you know, with bringing Brooks there, it was fine if he was making a little bit of noise, because it was you know that the environment works there. Um, I love craft beer, so um, you know obviously all the taps they have from beers all across Iowa. I love um, you know trying different ones. Have out. Have you found
2: one that's like you has been your favorite so far? Yeah, especially the, there's so many breweries in town. Do you have yeah, favorite?
0: my favorite brewery in general that I found from Iowa is Toppling Toppling Goliath, I believe it's called, and it's actually it's a couple hours away. Well, so they do, I they do to, the pseudo sou beers, yeah. Right? They do all the sue beers, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. King yeah. Sue.
0: I was gonna say King Is
2: that the one with the T Rex on the can? Well,
1: I mean they all do, but King Sue is is like the it's the fine version of the. It's a little more expensive. It's like a double dry hop. Is it like the black yeah. and
2: black and red can? Yeah. Uh, red
0: and gold. Yeah, red, red and gold. gold. Best
2: beer I, ever I have. Had. some of those in my yeah. fridge, I think. That has
0: been my my go-to as far as an Iowa beer. I love the I love IPAs. Yeah, that double IPA is great. And just recently I uh, had picked up one from Toppling Goliath and I think it was kind of a it wasn't one of their regulars because I haven't found it since, I just picked mm. up a single can of it, and uh, I can't even, it was, I can't even remember, it was such a unique name, I can't remember the name, but it actually topped the King Sioux for me. And so now I got my eyes peeled before we go home, I gotta get some more of these to bring home with me. Um, but yeah, those tend to be my go-to, is all the, the whole Sioux line, they have a new one called Seismic Sioux, which is a triple IPA, and it's almost 10%, but it doesn't drink like it, you know, Nap it doesn't. Time. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> and so I like, I love just, you know, just having like a nice heavy beer like that, where I'm, you know, I'm not, crushing 20 Bud Lights or anything like that. Like, I just enjoy having yeah. a beer with dinner or something like that. So um, that's been a one that I've really, you know, now jumped onto the old Seismic Yes.
2: Yeah. You said you have Ch- Chafee and his girlfriend watch Brooks when you guys are out. I don't know if that means he's the best babysitter. or <laughs> He's just nearby. Uh, but who would you say would be is, like, the best babysitter on the team? And then who would you just not, not want watching your kids? Because I watching. think, and I feel like, Every time we ask questions like this, the answer is always the same, and it's like Adam Beckman. Is loud. You know, he's loud and but I've actually seen Becks interact with the kids, and Beck's is
1: great. I feel like he might be okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know who, had, uh, who. So I guess if you could choose, and you can say Chafee, he have been your guy. But
0: yeah, he, uh, his girlfriend Courtney's phenomenal too. So they had like, re, you know, had, had come to us like, hey, if you guys want to, this is before Tatum was born, want to like go out and have some dinner. We'd love to watch Brooks.
1: You're like careful; and, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, You're gonna I'm be like, here every night watching Brooks. Yeah, I
0: was like, what do you mean? What are you doing tomorrow then? <laughs> <Like, laughs> tomorrow, and they were actually like, seriously, like, yeah, like any time. And so, uh, yeah, so Brooks went over, and um, Mitch and uh, and Courtney played hockey with him, and you know, just did all the things he loves while we went out to dinner. And so, yeah, they're definitely the top the top choice for us. Uh, they Brooks had a great time. I don't think he knew we were gone. So <laughs> that's what you that's what you dream about. So is you draw that you can leave, and, and then you know, Brooks didn't even know we left. Yeah. So. They were great, and yeah, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, no way you'd let Beckman watch your kid. And maybe I don't know if I would uh, leave him alone, but Beckman can certainly come over and, and play with the kids any time. Uh, he's going to get mad at me for saying that, I think. But he was actually, when we had our Christmas party uh, right after Brooks was born, and we talked about this all the time, actually, because Beckman was dressed up as Santa for the Christmas party, and Brooks was six days old at the time. So, I mean, and, you know, these newborns are just so small yeah. and so, fra- you know, so fragile, and just like their heads have no control. And I remember everyone was kind of like, oh, as we like handed, and even I was like, okay, am I gonna let Bex hold, you know, let Santa hold this, let hold Santa hold Brooks, and right away he like supported Brooks' head and like. I was like, no way! You know, I was stunned. He's actually—he's yeah, he's great with kids. Some
1: parenting, parenting instincts there, from yeah, right away. And I'm thinking,
0: there. I wonder if he's like interact, he, he truly like held, you know, held Brooks's head, and like, I mean, he really surprised me at that. I was actually quite impressed. with I was kind of hoping
1: for like the head went back. Yeah, I was hoping for—I was hoping for a little the bit better. Yeah, oh, oh. yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah,
0: actually, I think everyone was thinking that, like, no, don't do it. And then, so uh, good to go. yeah, I he Actually, go he us. did great. Does great with kids. No way, I'd let Turner Ottenbright watch. Uh, watch Brooks or Tatum, I don't think. And I think he would rebuttal that. Um, and actually, I think he did babysit Miriam one time. Or no, it wasn't Miriam. I think it was uh, Navy Gervais last year. Um, but I think what he actually was doing as he was babysitting was hanging out on the couch while Navy was sleeping. I think that was his version. That's the best part about babysitting
2: um, like infants is they're, they're just kind of sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah let love snooze. So
0: uh, I'm going to wow. say him just because I want to give him a hard time. I uh, wouldn't. I'm not getting hired
1: as babysitter. Soon. <laughs> uh, that reminds me. I remember about mid-season. It dawned on me, the relationship you guys had, and I spent a decent amount of time as partners, especially during that stretch of wins, too. Yeah, you guys were kind of like a married, an old married couple this year like you'd be coming out of the hot tub and he'd be griping at you and he'd be going into the cold tub and you'd be asking him how warm he's got it because he's too soft to go into the cold yeah like that was a fun relationship to watch play out it had to be fun to be a part of
0: it was yeah i uh, i really like audi and um you know we played together almost the entire season last year yeah. um, you know certainly garnered some chemistry and he's a guy that i don't think gets enough credit for You know how well he plays and you know what he does because he plays just kind of that hard role that doesn't get a lot of credit um but yeah we had a ton of fun he's a he's kind of a uh a comical guy uh just naturally he's loud yeah he's loud but he i mean just his his... purposely
1: loud too bex isn't purposely loud sometimes i think turner is on purpose very loud he is purposely
0: loud yeah and he just He's honestly just—he's so funny to be around just because of naturally how he is. With times when he's grumpy and this and that, like he's just so much fun to give, uh, you know, to give to, and um, and vice versa. He's fun to take it from yeah. too. Um, you know, yeah, we have a good time giving it to each other. But obviously, from a sense of just a mutual respect of kind of what we could do as a pair together, and then um, you know what each of us individually could do, you know, on the ice together. So it was a lot of fun getting to know him, and he's someone I certainly. Um, you know, have a lot of respect for as as a player and as a person.
1: Ottenbrite aside, is there a most side-splittingly funny moment from the year, whether it's on the ice or off the ice in the locker room? When I say that, what kind of moments come to mind for you where just something happened? Because every team has them, right? Especially (laughs) a group that was as tight as this group was. Like what comes to mind as some of just the most comical moments that the Iowa Wild had this season?
0: Yeah, some of them probably aren't good for a podcast. Yeah, like probably not. Yeah. Um, but you know, of course, the American League. I mean, just with travel issues, which you oh, really here we like go. Too, um, just, our travel, travel hey, guys, just, can just never travel guy, make just like right. this, right under the
1: bus, throw him out under the, get <laughs> under there. I mean, just delays <laughs> and we got flat
0: tires and all this stuff. All no, the I things mean that are in Ben's control. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, could yeah, be avoided. Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about just like when we were trying to fly to Texas that first time and we get on the plane and we're already there, you know, five in the morning. And we get on that plane at six and we just sat on the plane for four hours. Four hours. And just kind of the comedy that comes within that of just being on the plane and people are hungry and you can't use the lavatories cause there's no water. And, and the
1: joke was that Mickels ruined, uh, Mikey and ruined the lavatory. Yeah, that was the joke there. That was yep. the golden joke yep. there.
0: <laughs> which is hilarious to think back on. And, oh, and so just moments like that, that in the moment you don't, appreciate just kind of how funny that is because you're going through and you're sitting on an airplane for four hours but just kind of the natural humor that comes from within that when you're doing it with 25 other guys uh, plus staff it's like you, you know those are stories that you're like well I'll add that chapter to the book you know, yeah. the chapter book just gets deeper and deeper um, like people that maybe didn't spend enough time in the American League that, you know, putting right to the NHL can't, uh, can't look back and laugh on uh, that. We certainly have to uh, at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, there's actually a great picture of Ben at one point and I don't know who has it. It's not on my phone, but yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he has two phones. Yeah. You got to get that picture and that's got to make the podcast. Yeah. yeah, We'll
1: we'll get, we'll edit that. This was like, you know,
0: we're all giving it to Ben about this delay and, Poor guy's just trying to figure out how he can get to Texas, and you know he's got his phone in one hand, someone else's phone in the Dan other. Dan Barker, our trainer. Dan. Dan. Okay. Yeah, okay, Dan Barker's so And yep. you know he's working the lines. I mean, like just truly the life of uh, team services in the American Hockey League, just figuring out how to make it work, and certainly just steaming, I'm sure, on the inside. Yeah. Having to deal with this, not only for your own travel but for thirty other people. Was I was no on other- hold
1: because because I had I had to I had to make sure the bus company knew that we were going to be late and right. that we weren't gonna be able to fly out into Austin anymore. <laughs> so that bus driver, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey had to drive yeah. up from Austin to Dallas three hours to get us because we, we weren't gonna make it in time for any of the connecting or, flights yeah. at
0: night. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, just what a, uh... It's fun to look back and laugh at all the stuff that happened within that. But you can laugh now on yeah. Copper
1: Creek Golf Course. In the moment, I well, actually, I was laughing in that photo because at some point you get to a point of exhaustion
0: and strain where you just say, "You just have to. I
1: have to laugh now, we or I am going to gonna get up and do something stupid. So we're
0: trying to yeah find whatever cracker we can in the place because we're all starving. It's <laughs> that lunchtime. That was by the now. other
1: part when I was when I was I was handing out pretzels. Remember that because they weren't serving pretzels yeah. anymore, and I went back and I was like, "Cause Kayser's like, get the guy some food." And I'm like, okay, so I go back and I have pretzels and I'm walking up and down the aisles, giving our players pretzels. And just like normal patrons of, of American Airlines are just like, opening their hands out and just like, can I get a pretzel? I'm like, no, you're not getting nope. a pretzel. Like, nope, I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not a flight attendant. I'm handing out pretzels to our team.
0: Oh, and we're eating them like, you know, the last pretzels on earth because <laughs> yes. we're starving. Thought we'd be in uh, <laughs> Dallas uh, to get some lunch. You know, just because of Turner Ottenbright and the way he is and his humor and everything. Um, I believe Alec changed our team picture could have been anyone I don't know who it was could have been anyone but changed our team picture and edited everyone's face every player's face and one staff member's body to all have Turner Ottenbright's face on it so this picture was just 25 Turner Ottenbrights <laughs> scattered throughout the entire team picture and it's honestly well,
1: and it's, it's a cool. hard copy because it was left yeah. in our in our locker room. That's what I said. I said yeah. to you, I'm
0: like, and the best part of that is, I'm pretty sure because it was a picture of the picture, and so we looked at that further. i I'm like, yeah, that's hard. that's been printed. Yeah, like, like that's that wasn't copy. like just digital file. That was yeah, a hard copy. That's been printed, and yeah. it actually went up in the training room for the rest of the year, and it was it was a good laugh every single time because also Turner was yeah, a was regular that? on the training table. Uh, he didn't uh, he would just lounge on the training table, so it's perfect. So this big picture of him was was right above him, which was great. not injured, just in the
2: training room. Just in the training yeah.
0: room, yeah. Jeez. This is a clinic. This is why I never get rid of the Nike. This is a clinic. I, I change the driver a... and I'm like, I just go back to it. Cause why, like, why?
1: Is this okay. one of those scenarios where if it, like, we're going to get to the back nine and then we're just going to play and all of a sudden it's going to come on? Unglu- Do yeah. you show up with the cameras? <laughs> Apparently. Is, it, is it?
0: Yeah. I think, Cause most uh... people
1: are the opposite. When the cameras show up, it just, it all comes apart. Yeah, there must be <clears> something <throat> to that
0: because uh... <laughs> because like I said, even with, uh, you know, the food bank, point match, I mean, I'm in on my, my best streak.
1: We got a career yeah, this year. So I
0: guess maybe the pressure, yeah, is actually good for me.
1: Yeah, career this uh, year with the point match. Yeah, with the point yeah. match.
0: Yeah, which was great because when they brought me, like, of course, I wouldn't be a part of that, but I got to make sure that I don't get skunked here and that I don't, you know, leave the season with no points. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess it, it's working for now. Lights, I mean, camera, I'd, action, I'm due Lermes. to uh, explode at any point. I think just the way we're chatting too, I'm staying relaxed. I'm yeah, you're not thinking loose. about golfing too much. Yeah. That was a shot.
1: Yeah, i will give me a chance.
0: That was a shot. I don't think you could have hit that any better. Nope, so,
1: I don't think I could either. Boy, you haven't played with me that long and you already know what my best shot looks <laughs> yeah. like. That doesn't, that doesn't uh, say <laughs> a lot. You confirmed it, so. Oh, <laughs> well, you're bang on. Uh,
0: yeah, you're spot on, that was perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Doesn't get any better than that shot. Gotta be enough though. Yep. Oh. Yep. I needed about another ten I needed about a five yards
0: in. Yeah. I didn't have when it. And that came off though. I thought that was uh. Well that that's the dry. thing.
1: Well I hit it well. Yeah. But that was my concern. I just didn't know if I had the jam to get this club there. And I didn't.
0: Yeah. Good man. Paring the uh, grass. Well the
1: camera's on me. I got of course yeah. I gotta do it. I do it when the camera's not here too. <laughs> Come on! I told you they—they grease those, grease those lips. I thought that was going in.
2: There we nice go. Nice, Joey.
1: Yeah, correct. Someone's got to hit it. That'd be mine. Thank you. Well, uh, reaching the end of our round here, um, you know, first and foremost, tips on the golf game. Clearly, (laughs) clearly, as we talked about, Mr. I I want to walk up to the tee. I haven't played. I got kids at home. I I think you're, you're even. I think you're even.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this may be. the Granted, we played nine holes, but you're even. Yeah, through uh, like I said, yeah, we're not quite through nine, but. Um, yeah, this has been the round of my life so far. So I think if we just bring round cameras around, life. I think he's full of it. Uh, I do no, too. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. No. I, you don't I, I just never sh- played even golf. So sure yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's been good. Been really good. How's, how's uh, yours been, Joey? You've been
2: good. <laughs> well, cameras. It hasn't. No, the cameras don't lie. I'm not gonna lie. It has not been good. <laughs> it has not been good. Um, I've lost a lot of golf balls, as yeah. expected. What is the count? Two in one hole. Actually, I've only I've only lost since those first three. I haven't lost another one. Um, but I did lose two in one hole, which I was not proud of. I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you've watched a lot of my golf games, <laughs> right? Yeah. Any, any advice?
0: Uh, yeah. You just got to hit the ball yeah. straight yeah. and long. Okay. Well, all the things you didn't do. Yeah.
2: I'll work on that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just...
1: I wanted to ask you, we talked about it in our intro to this podcast. I had not been a part of an American hockey league playoff game previously. Joey had for me. That's going to be one thing from this season, even though the ending was not the ending you wanted, yeah. but you're, you're one shot away from going to a middle right. game three. Right. But that atmosphere that night, and especially in the American League where you don't get a lot of time to promote it, I, it was such a home run by the marketing staff and the game ops staff and yeah. the whole front office staff. And Joy told a great story. The buildup coming out, there was energy that you guys sensed in the locker room yeah. right away, wasn't there? Walk us through that night from an experience standpoint, from the locker room perspective?
0: It was great. I mean, the playoff atmosphere, you, know, you feel it in the locker room, you feel it as soon as you clinch and the way that we did it right at the end, you know, you give the, the ticket sales and the marketing team a lot of credit because they didn't have a lot of time to sell tickets. Mm. And you give our fans a lot of credit for, you know, realizing that, you know, they had to buy these tickets in such a short amount of time that we were gonna be playing. And um, yeah, I mean, you could feel it. It was great that we got the home ice. And we get to come home for a Friday game and you know, like they, I mean, they packed the place. Like it was electric. You could see how proud uh, the people were to be there to be watching playoff hockey. You know, certainly we felt very proud to do that for Des Moines, um, do that for those people that come to the games to support us so much. So that atmosphere, that electric feel. You know, obviously you hate the way it ended in overtime. You would have liked to hear that place erupt uh, in overtime and, and get to a, a third game. So. Uh, But it was so fun. I mean, you just appreciate so much um, about being a player when the fans support you that that way um, and that we got to at least uh, give them a taste of what hopefully, you know, they get to see a lot more of in the future.
1: That was the team side individually. Not only you wear a C, which you've done before, um, and an an interesting C for you where Mason Shaw was the captain, you were an alternate captain, and then you get named, you know, during the season after Mason gets his his call full-time to Minnesota. But point-wise, too. Uh, You joked earlier on the course about, you know, during that great stretch run, 14 straight points, you had quite a nice point streak going on during that, so quite 14 games, but you had a nice point streak going, too. For you, that career year offensively, can you put together an equation? What what went into the cauldron to boil up such a great year individually for you?
0: I think just confidence. I mean, that's what you rely on in sports so much, uh, or anything you're doing, is just being confident in what you're doing. Um, I was able to kind of you know, being my third year in the organization, second year in Iowa, you know, you just get more and more, more comfortable. Um, you know, you know the guys, you know, you know you had the same staff in the previous year. You just feel, uh, I just felt that confidence. And certainly when you're the leader um, and things start going well, you just, you know, hope to grow on that. So I say it all the time. It's kind of funny, you know, I'm 29 and at some point in the American League that starts to get old, 29, which is mm-hmm. crazy, but I don't feel like I've hit my, you know, my peak by any means. I still feel like I'm getting better and, um, you know, having those milestones in my career um, certainly you know uh, you know maybe even think even more that I even have more to, to give next season. So um, it was great. obviously it's great uh, to have individual success and that certainly comes from a lot of team success too and then being surrounded by good players. so um, yeah it was, a, it was a fun year uh, as the captain um, you know for me.
1: I got one final question. You got anything? Yeah, add? I want to jump
2: in real quick on the, the captain because it's something we haven't really talked a ton about because obviously it happened right in the middle of the year. Yeah. We ta- last time we talked to you on the podcast was over the summer, coming in the season. So, like, what was it like for you? Obviously, you've worn a C before. You've worn a letter here, leading up to this point. But you know, hearing that you were named captain, of the team, like, what was that like? for you, kind of what was that? How did that all go down, basically?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we, you know, we're kind of leading on to the the uniqueness of it and that, you know, Shazi was named captain to start the year and, um, you know, shortly thereafter, I think we maybe only got two games out of him. You know, he got recalled and then shortly thereafter that we found out we wouldn't get him back. And so you didn't kind of know how that would play out. Would they, you know, elevate a letter, add a C, you know, do anything like that? And, you know, certainly wasn't something that was on my radar as we approached Christmas. Um, and then, you know, you kind of see how the the season was going leading into Christmas. I think we had lost five in a row, so we were kind of skidding a little bit. Um, you try to fill that, that void as much as you can. And then we come back from Christmas and, um, you know, kind of just got called into the office and they said, you know, we're going to elevate elevate your role to captain. And um, like I said, that's something I take a lot of pride in. Um, I think it's extremely important. It's something that I have always taken a lot of pride in. Um, you know, and to, to push not only the team forward but myself, uh, you know, to, you're always trying to expand your role and um, that definitely did that for me. So it was a huge honor and then trying to right the ship um, and then you know, post Christmas, like I said, it was a great stretch for us to all-star break which really was pivotal in us being able to make the playoffs was snapping that uh, kind of losing streak we had been on and going on such a run in the middle of the season. So yeah, it was a huge honor. It was great. I mean, it's great you know, that people think of you in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, I can do a pretty good job of, of, of pushing other guys into leadership positions and getting them to come along with you. And I think that really helps a team. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Oh, um, God. oh my God. <laughs> oh.
2: Yo. Wow. All
0: right, that's
1: the oh Jeez. man. I'm so glad we got, we get Whoa. that work. Oh, yes. I that one.
0: Look at this guy, look at this get
1: guy. Get this oh, bird my bird bird. oh my gosh. Oh, this is so great.
0: How, what kind of birds are these? <laughs> birds. <laughs> Um, yeah, so no, I don't yeah, know, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, it was fun and um certainly I you know, loved having that aspect of uh, wearing the C here.
2: Did it change the way like you approached anything? Like I feel like for you it really you just it was just business as usual for you to like going from wearing an A to a C does that change your mentality at all or is it just it's just another day, a different letter, I'm gonna just keep doing the same thing I have been doing yeah. to this?
0: Yeah, a lot of doing the same thing. I think um, you know, with Shawzi gone, I mean all of us had to step up in different ways to, mm-hmm. to you know, have a strong leadership presence. And so it was just kind of business as usual. Um, Certainly, you know, like I said, making sure guys are comfortable, knowing that I can go talk to staff or I can do this for them, that I can help them in their careers too and help them personally and help the team, um, I think is the most important part of that. But business as usual, and uh, just being a guy that can be trusted.
1: To put a lid on this, Dakota, you're coming up now a decade of playing pro hockey. Uh, You know, you're, you're knocking on the door of it now. And sometimes, guys, and I'm not alluding anybody on our team. We had such a great group this year, great, great group. But yeah. there is such thing as the crusty old pro. Yeah. Uh, you've played some NHL games, but you're 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 still working to get back to that point. Yeah. Yet you have such an attitude of gratitude, everything you do, and I, I, we talk about the experience that we had on the plane, and you were the first guy to be given me, but then at the same time, kind of
0: grabbed me and saying, "Ben, it's all good, like don't yeah, worry." Like,
1: like you you have that attitude. Where does that come from?
0: You know, I don't know. I think it's part of it's just the way I grew up. Um, Part of it is just kind of mentality. I've grown um, that it's easy to complain. And certainly there's times where you like to joke and complain, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you can make it whatever work. Um, Just being being able to be adaptable, I think, is so important, not only in hockey, but just in life. I mean, our life right now is where every single day, you know, with two young kids, it's like we're adapting constantly to schedule to this or that. And. Um, I just think you know doing things the right way and what I say the right way it's it's lending a hand it's under, being understanding of situations and um, seeing how you can be of help not of, of uh, you know to hurt of a situation and um, like I said I think that's contagious too when people see other people, especially if they're in leadership positions doing things that maybe they could relegate to someone else um, I think it just it builds a culture of, uh, of you know I can I can do this I can. Uh, I can do more. Um, I can help in, you know, a hundred different ways. So um, I think that's important, like I said, not only for sport, but um, just in, in life in general. It's something that, you know, I just I've tried to carry with me uh, in all aspects.
1: This has been a blast today. Uh, we got good weather. Uh, we got some great golf out of you. We got some average <laughs> golf out of me. <laughs> we got, well, golf out of Joey. I don't yeah. know if we're going to put it in an adjective before it. You can call it golf. To really to wrap this I think I speak for Joey, for the front office, for the coaches, for teammates, for everybody in the Iowa Wild organization, myself included. You've endeared yourself to so many here. Thank you, thank you yeah. for being who you are. And not only the player you are, as Joey will tell you all the time, I'm the first to get excited when, you're, when your trigger's about to get pulled and your, <laughs> and your fuse is about to get lit. I love it, I love it. No we, no, we haven't. Um, but out. just the player you are and the person you are, uh, a big thank you for, for wearing the C and for being who you are. It's, yeah, been, a, thank it's been a
0: pleasure. You. Thank you, It's been I've enjoyed every moment of being in Des Moines, uh, playing for the Iowa Wild. And um, it's a place that's obviously become a second home with our girl and our family here. And, uh, what a special place, and the staff and players and everyone you know is to thank for that as well for, for my end too. So I can't think, and this was a lot uh, a lot nicer than you're asking Here me to go. do the interview at the I-80. I enjoy coming out to golf with you guys a lot more than when I'm half asleep at the I-80 trying to uh, explain Just what, what it's all about. Phone yeah. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, this is great. Can't thank you guys enough. Uh,
1: Always a pleasure. Uh, what a human being Dakota yeah. Murmis is. What a human being. Uh, his wife, Sarah Mermis, is. I, I know she's on your favorites list because you were texting her so much this season about all the different things here. Her and Dakota were doing throughout the community, um, and uh, they're they're two now children as well. Yep. Uh, had uh, had Brooksy along as well, but now Taylor has been welcomed into Tatum. the fold. Tatum. Tatum. I thought it was Taylor. Tatum. I never actually got like a, an alert on it. I heard him say. I thought it was Taylor the other day when he was down here doing rehab. It's Tatum. See, Mm -hmm. I knew you'd know Tatum. So Tatum and Brooks welcoming uh, into the Iowa wild family as well. But, um, and a big thank you to Copper Creek Golf Course as well for having us out. Uh, and to Marquise and Alec for being our cameramen out there. We managed to not hit them with any golf balls, so that was good. Mainly, Always a win. Mainly Alec, who we threw down uh, the fairway. Uh, he was worried about it. He was. He was worried about it. He was, <laughs> he was, worried. Worried. He was worried about How it. How am I going to shoot <laughs> when this When I initially not emailed that out, it. I'm like, we're going to put Alec down the fairway to get the, the golf balls flying in. And he was instantly concerned, understandably so. But, uh, yeah, we were somewhat accurate yeah or at least accurate enough to not hit him
2: yeah it was fun and and i mean dakota's great he was our again once again our team nominee for for man of the year and and i will stand by him i'd be hard pressed to believe that anybody in the league did did as much as he did with the scope that he did despite him not winning the award i'm probably biased think that he should have won again but it's it's you know that's that's not why he does things um he he does things because it's the right thing to do and he's just a genuinely caring kind of person so him and sarah like as much as he's involved in things it's there's so much that sarah does as well to kind of help facilitate that so um you know i can only hope that he you know him and his his agents they work through things they get re-signed i hope that he comes back because he is he is the kind of leader especially with all all these young guys who are gonna have coming in on the back end he is the kind of guy who you want showing them the right way to be a professional I would want that person in my organization if I were making those, those decisions. And there are people much smarter than me making those decisions. So I would, really, I would imagine. Really? Are they not a smart guy? (laughs) uh, We've established that. (laughs) I would imagine that there are probably similar conversations happening and, and hopefully it's something that gets taken care of because I know they love it here and and they they really enjoy being here. It's close to home, but I I think they've really established themselves here and, and the fans love them too. So, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: One of the greatest compliments I've heard given to Dakota, and he wasn't around to hear it, but um, Richard Shaky Krause, our equipment manager, who will be a guest this summer. I know people have asked for him, including himself. He's asked many to times. be on this show many times. One time he, he went- asked
2: through Crash's Twitter. It was weird, <laughs> was but he did best. ask. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, um, but he, he and I always go to the airport early to make sure he takes care of the bags. I make sure that all of our names are accounted for and tickets are where they should be. And so, Sometimes you get done early and you're just sitting there waiting for the players. Other times you're scrambling to make sure it's mm-hmm. all done. Our last trip to Texas, we had some time. Um, uh, American Airlines was nice and ready for us. So we got all of our stuff done and I was sitting there just kind of, you know, shooting it with them, shooting the breeze. And, and I asked him, I said, where does Dakota Murmus fall? And Shakey's been around hockey. I mean, as we all have, but he's been around pro hockey. I think since his teenage years, I'm pretty sure he started, and we'll learn more about this when he was working in Long Island. He's helping out with the Islanders and has had a a lengthy career, has been around so many pros. I said, Where does Dakota fall as far as human beings and people in your long tenure of being around pro sports? And he put him on as Mount Rushmore. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that. That's a. Jakey has seen uh, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of different players. And yet Merms is right there in the top four, so um, and he deserves it. And I, and I I sit here thinking, you know, if I can be lucky enough to have a career that's as long as Shakey's has been, I don't know if I'll find it. I don't know if I'm going to find many better than, than
2: Dakota. I, I really mm, don't, yeah. and I mean that sincerely. I'm right there with you. I don't know if there's anybody. I mean, I've obviously haven't been around as long as Shakey has. Yeah. I've been in sports for 10 years, and I've I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of great athletes and but there are like you know there are certain people that stand out and people who you you get to know outside the rink. It's not just a, a working like relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I consider Dakota and Sarah friends of mine, and mm-hmm. they will be friends for a very long time. There's certain people like that throughout who I could think of and probably rattle off pretty pretty quickly. But there, he's like he would be on my Mount at Rushmore. He's probably always going to be in that category just because of all the work that he does and like how just how much he wants to be involved. Everybody wants to do things in the community, but there's a guy. Some guys have just different elements of wanting to do more. Um, so, and that's uh, that's great. So, first
1: guest of the off-season, Dakota Murmus. Uh We have plenty more plans to bring in um, some player guests. We're going to have our new head coach on here at some point once we yep. figure out who that is. I um, definitely want to have Mike Murray back on again. Um, maybe we won't take as much of a deep dive down his path. Maybe talk a little more Iowa Wild centric. Not that we didn't last season, but yeah. um, since we've covered a lot of the bases of the, the, the history of Mike Murray yeah. and how we got to where he got to, maybe we're hoping we be to talk to a little him more around. Iowa Wild
2: focused. Yeah, hoping to talk to him as we get more into that, maybe a little after free agency yeah, kicks yeah. off. So, so talk about know, some of the new players yeah, a little why bit. Why are you yep. bringing in certain yep. people? Where do you see them fitting? All that kind of stuff. Yep.
1: Um And then we have a few surprises. Too, we've got we've got a few tricks up our sleeves, some different perspectives that we think our fans will really enjoy. At very least, you and I will really enjoy yeah. uh, getting these different perspectives. So, um, looking forward to a great summer of podcasting, more podcasts than we were able to kick out during the season, which is great, um, and, and also lots of events this summer for our fans to get involved in too. And, and that's another thing that. I just think uh, you talk about uh, Sophie McGovern upstairs, who, who is, is is on the forefront of helping out with the community stuff. Joe Picardi as well, helping out on the community side, and plenty more. Um, that's something that 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 our front office staff just does so so well. Is it's so much more than just coming to hockey games to be a season to be a Wild three six five member to be a Wild fan. There's so much more to do than just coming out and watching Sammy Walker score a goal, watching Marco mm-hmm. Rosti score. It, it, it truly is such a family environment. So, what can fans look for? Forward to this summer uh to try to get their wild fix while obviously all the players and staff and and such are away
2: yeah there's plenty like we said there's there's no shortage uh the best thing to do to see where we're going to be and what's upcoming is visit the website check out our community calendar that gets updated throughout the summer basically as events get added um it's you know we got a lot of stuff on there now it's hard to truly pinpoint like what's going to be upcoming because events get added and whatnot but we know some of the big ones. Like we will be at, uh, we'll be at Pride Fest in June. We will be at the State Fair again. Ben and I will be there. We'll be doing some fun stuff again. You got we're some already, good, ideas yeah, ideas good ideas for that. Already brainstorming ideas for that. You know, there's some summer events. I know the season ticket holders. There's a Cubs game that they're going to. There's a Barnstormers game that they're going to. Um, we're working on hopefully being able to do a summer block party. You know, it's been a while since we've done awesome. that. So, a lot of fun and exciting things. Uh, are, are going to be happening in the midst of all of us doing some planning behind the scenes and, and getting things ready for the coming season because you've you know the golf tournament's going to be coming back and we'll have our bowling event again and all those kind of in-season events that everybody's used to participating in. Just because those are months and months away doesn't mean we haven't started talking about those and getting those set. So there are a lot of things to be excited for. and, and I mean, we're going to be everywhere. Crash is going to be out constantly. So if you see Crash, if you see our promo crew out there, if you see our staff out there, snap a picture, share it on social. Let us know. We're going to share that stuff. Um, and just come say hi. Come talk hockey with us. It's the summer. That's what we're looking to do. Yeah. So come chat with us. Grab a sticker, grab a tattoo, grab a keychain, whatever it may be, and come hang out. It's going to be fun. Let's, farmer's markets at some point, too. We'll we'll I get down to the farmer's markets. I love the I'm farmers hoping to get there market. this weekend, but it's going to be great.
1: Let's put a wrap on this. Um, to, to me, this feels like the, the official let's close the book uh, on the 10th anniversary season. To me, um, at least from a content media standpoint, at least in my chair, um, do your best uh, a synopsis uh, of the year in a couple sentences, three, four sentences, a paragraph, if you will. Um, what will be your lasting impression of what was the 10th anniversary season of the Iowa Wild? And it doesn't just have to be on the ice either.
2: Yeah. You really put me on the spot. That's what, what I do. What I appreciate it. I that. like to put people on the hot seat, Joey. Yeah. And yeah. since I don't have
1: any players around to do it to anymore, yeah. you're the guy I'm going to put on the hot seat. I like all th- summer long. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's the hot seat. I feel pretty cool in this in this Ooh. one, but um, I, I think when I think back on the 10th anniversary season, I see it as a success. And and like you said, it's not always just about the stuff that happens on the ice. Like we did a lot of good you know, across the street, upstairs, whatever you want to call it on the, you know, within the office and on the business side of things. Um, there's just a lot to be proud of. There's a lot of growth, especially, I mean, I can really speak for the marketing department. There was a ton of growth within our group. Um, everybody did just a phenomenal job this year from top to bottom. And I think we did a good job making this, um, you know, a place where people feel like they have to be when games are happening, not a place like, Oh yeah, we could go there. Like, no, we have to go to the game. We have to be there. It's a can't miss moment. Like we want to be the place to be on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, on a Wednesday night, whatever it is, we want there to be no other choice in town for where people are trying to spend their time. Um, and I think too, we, we've kind of, I think we've taken a step too in, in terms of, you know, this, this market in terms of the sports the market. I think we, I, I Like, we are the premier team in this area, the premier sports team in really Iowa. We are Iowa's pro sports team, and that's how I feel. So, like, I I think it's just continuing to grow and expand on that as we push along here in year 11, 12, 13, however long that run lasts. Um, I'm excited to see where this foundation that we've laid here in my last two years that we've kind of started to lay out after the pandemic, Mm -hmm. where this starts to take off.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It it is – it is the it's the launching pad to a new pro era. I, I think what happened during COVID, strictly speaking, on just the, the the business pro side, not the life health side, that's that was devastating. But the pro the pro landscape, everything had to get reinvented a little bit, and it changed the way everything works here now. Mm-hmm. And so that was you know that was those were years seven into eight. Uh, for the eye of a wild, uh, nine was a little bit half COVID-laden, half not a little bit because it kind of reared its head again in uh, December, January, and, and then you know last year we were very blessed to, to really sort of get back to normalcy a little bit. But it's a new normal, and I know yeah. that's a it's a word that, and a phrase a lot of people use. But it is. But it, it feels it is, like it is. feels
2: like we're on the other side of things. Yeah, and it's it, it felt like. I mean, I. Did not work during. I worked during the COVID shortened season. I did not work during the COVID seasons that mm-hmm. we had. Right, mm-hmm. so like I only know the before and the after. I don't know the during. This season felt like the before. It felt like we're back to what it used to but be, but
1: with the, but with new new nuance, with yeah. new oh, twists, there's, there's yeah, there are have, new yes, things
2: yeah. absolutely, and there's things that we're always gonna have to live by going forward. But it it, it felt mm-hmm. the most like a normal season that it had been, you know, prior. Mm-hmm. Like it feels, uh, it feels like you know we're back where it's it's normal and, and we're ready to go again.
1: Yeah, for me the word that I that I think about in in every facet on the ice, um, off the ice, within the hockey ops sphere, around the front office staff. And, and my job is such a, an interesting one where I I have tentacles everywhere uh, mm. in a lot of different spaces. But um, joy is the word that keeps coming to mind for me. Um, it, how much joy was had this season watching. Sammy Walker, watching Marco Rossi, watching Damon Hunt, watching Jesper Volstead, um, on and on and on. So many great performances. Nick Patan, um, you deeming him the wizard about halfway through the season on this podcast, which was so great. Uh, that one stuck. It, it, it sure did, and and understandably so with the magic that guy weaves on a nightly basis. He's back again next year, which uh, people watching on YouTube probably saw my eyebrows kind of light up there, because that's fun to have him back. And, oh. and, a, and a host of other big names are back. Steven Fogarty's back. And Nick Patan wizard bobblehead would be kind of cool right <laughs> wow did you know. just
2: come up with that right on the spot or have you thought about? no that? i've had okay. that idea yeah. kind of okay. story okay. it's it's okay. one of the many many yeah. ideas we have yeah. in the hopper for for things for next year but that that is one of them wow I'm, that's who first knows if makes time it, hearing of who knows if it makes final cut <laughs> or ends up on the uh the, cutting, the cutting room cutting floor. floor but uh yeah you know, we're going to have we're going to have a lot of fun next year yeah. i'm looking forward to it
1: and, and and just to continue the the the, uh, the joy theme uh, the hockey ops staff it'll look a lot different next year than it did this year but it, it was a cohesive group it was a tight group and what's exciting about that is like i said when we were talking about um you know the dismissal of tim army and, and his staff from this past season is that was a good culture. Still, it, it wasn't because the culture wasn't good down here. That mm-hmm. wasn't. I, that didn't play a factor in it. So whatever is going to come next, I think can only be a step past that. So for someone who works so heavily in that space, I, I can't wait to see what what that means for the new culture that will come in here. The building of the culture that was built uh, by Tim and his his various assistant coaches during his five years here, um, and, and then upstairs. I mean, how many people this season? lives touched by by the the staff by your staff by by the staff upstairs by the game ops crew by coming out here to watch the wild play to be a part of it to meet the players to go to the events Um, just smiles and laughing and joy and 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 who doesn't need that Uh, who doesn't need that so um, and that's what this team has been doing for 10 seasons and that's the plan for 10 more 20 more Mm -hmm. 30 more you know that's the plan so um, that would be the word that I would that I would use to, to kind of wrap the the 10th anniversary season and and I who knows I may use that every season moving forward but I guess that's a good that's a good goal to have moving yeah. the rest of the way in the, the entertainment business is obviously bringing joy so uh, with that uh final thoughts before we officially uh, wrap up uh, our first off off-season episode the first of many and we're looking forward to every single one this summer
2: yeah uh final thoughts I mean we kind of put a bow on it pretty good. I think my final stuff is just as it relates to like this and this podcast, what we're doing. Like as always, if if you're watching, if you're listening, one, thank you. Um, but if you have ideas, if there are things you yeah. want to see, if people you want to hear from, let us know. Tweet at either of us. Tweet at the wild. Just put a comment somewhere. Like let us know.
1: Tweet a crash like
2: Shaky did. Yeah, that got him on the podcast, <laughs> right? So it's we 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 want to we want to bring you guys what you want to hear it's not about what me and ben want to talk about or who we think would you know be more most interesting like we want to bring people what they want to hear so let us know um we'll be making bets again throughout the summer yeah. so let us know um you know,
1: I'm looking forward to a better summer of betting, by the way, too. Yeah, well, give I us had your a b- terrible first season in, in the betting, in the give betting us, line. Give yep. us your ideas.
2: Give us your I'm going to be better this summer. I'm the going only, to be better this summer. The <coughs> only one we know right now for a punishment is probably going to have to – it will fall along lines of something at the state fair yeah. with our content. We don't know exactly what that's going to be, but like we don't know what we're betting on for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, TBD. But if you got ideas, let us know. We are all ears, and it this – podcast is about you guys so we want what you want so let us know thanks to jeremy core
1: as well uh, for continuing back with us to help out and help he's gonna, get this podcast he's out. gonna
2: love getting he's gonna be like oh i it's been a since I heard from you guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's going to love it. Executive Podcast Solutions. He's a big factor in why you're able to listen to this. Also to Marquise Jones uh, for editing and doing our filming. He's sitting right over there right now behind the camera. He waved. Yeah, he did wave. Uh, Joey, of course, thank you to you and to our fans uh, for tuning in as well. Uh, This has been episode 18. Oh, I shouldn't forget about Dakota uh, for being on as well. Big thanks to Dakota. We thanked him earlier. Since you
2: you butchered his daughter's name too. Yeah, and his
1: new daughter, Taylor. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna hear about I'm gonna hear about that one. You can bet that. Yep. Uh, there's a bet I lost already. Yeah. Um and anyway, uh a big thank you everybody for tuning in for jumping on board. This has been episode 18 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast, and as always, two honks for the win.